Thanks for downloading this show from PC One. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. Can your faith inform your financial values? The short answer? Yes. At Thrivent, we help millions of Christians be wise with money with advice, insurance, banking, investments, and generosity. Visit Thrivent.com. Thrivent, be wise with money. The Forbes Sports Money Podcast is brought to you by WordPress.com. WordPress powers 20% of all websites, including Forbes blog posts. Get 15% off your new website today at WordPress.com slash Forbes. That's WordPress.com slash Forbes. This is Forbes Sports Money on Podcast One. And I'm your host, Mike Ozanian. This show is all about the business of sports. We're fortunate to have as our guest today, basketball legend Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem, thank you so much for coming on the show. No problem, Mike. It's nice to be here. Kareem, why did it take you 50 years to write your book, Coach Wooden and Me? Well, I, uh, geez, it took me 50 years to, to have the relationship go its full course. And it, I'd say, uh, well, the four to three of those years. And then the, the past, um, past seven years, I've been thinking about it. Well, past six years, I decided to write this, you know, because um, so many people wanted to know about Coach Wooden. And I figured I, I had an insight and um, I wanted to think about it. So best way to do that is put your thoughts down on, on paper, and I, I thought it would make a good book. You know, I was reading in the beginning of the book, and um, uh, it seems like uh, it was a very reflective period for you in your life when you received the Presidential Medal of Freedom mm-hmm. in 2016 from President Obama. And a little bit later on in that first chapter, you also mentioned how important perspective is and you make a reference to how Coach Wooden used to sometimes go to the top of Pauley Pavilion and look down to get a perspective of how everything worked together. And in reading your book, one of the impressions I got was that at that point, when you were receiving uh, the Medal of, Honor, Medal of Freedom of Honor, that you were sort of taking it all in and, and, and looking at your life, a different perspective perhaps, and as well as with the people that you were with, Michael Jordan, uh, Cecily Tyson was there, of course, and it was almost like you were soaking it all in and, and, and then using that as a moment to give uh, reflection to what Coach Wooden meant to you. I think um, putting all of that into perspective was, was, was hard to do, you know, to uh, jumble all of those uh, events and personalities and uh, experiences together uh, is like uh, you really have to take a moment and look at it so uh, that, that's what I did and it, it really uh, is more of a testimony to the part of Coach Wooden that people don't associate with him you know he, they see a winning coach and all that but some of the things that he did that didn't work out and some of the, and how he dealt with that and some of the times when he needed help and um, those of us who felt like family toward him were able to, to, to provide that. That, that. That's what I wanted to talk about, just how he left us with um, more than hoops. You know, it was about how to, how to treat the people that you care about and, and relate to them in ways that uh, last and have meaning. 
We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. A curious thing happened to FreshBooks on its way to becoming the largest cloud accounting software platform for small business owners in the world. As a company, they've managed to stay small while soaring to over 10 million users strong. Or is it the other way around? Has FreshBooks customer base soared because their company has stayed small? Named as a small giant on Forbes' list of best small companies this year, FreshBooks has been recognized for focusing on greatness over growth. By drastically simplifying tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online, and delivering award-winning customer service that usually picks up in under three rings, FreshBooks has changed how small business owners deal with their day-to-day paperwork. This is really only a fraction of what FreshBooks can do, and they want you to see more. To claim your 30-day free trial, no credit card required. Just go to freshbooks.com slash Forbes and enter sports money in the how did you hear about us section. One of the things I found very interesting uh, about your book, and I really appreciate the specific examples you give in the book. Um, the One of the ones I enjoyed the most that also meant a lot to me personally is uh, you talk about reference the part where Coach Wooden sort of had was uh, had two offers really to coach. One was at the University of Minnesota, the other was UCLA. And I won't give too much away, but at one point he really wanted to go to Minnesota. UCLA made the offer first; he accepted that. Minnesota came back later with a richer offer, but having given his word, he accept he stuck with UCLA. And you point to your career where you enter the draft and. Uh, the NBA and the ABA wanted both wanted you, of course. And the NBA, they both came in with numbers. The NBA's were low, was lower at the time, but you had said it's only one offer each. The NBA, ABA then came back with a bigger offer, but you stuck with the NBA. And you point out sort of like that was a reflection of something that, you know, Coach Wooden had taught you. Well, well, for me, I, I didn't think it was right to uh, have the uh, Milwaukee team uh, negotiate in good faith and then do something like that to them. I, I wouldn't like that. If it was done to me, I wasn't going to do it to anybody else. And that, that to me, was simple. You know, it wasn't complex. And uh, people in the ABA got, were, were really upset, and I was kind of upset, you know, because if they really wanted me, they should have come with their best offer. And they didn't. And the uh, guy that they uh, uh, singled out as their head man, the guy that they wanted to sign me, he, he dropped the ball. They, uh, I, I guess, you know, w- with uh, hindsight, they tried to, you know, shore it up. And, you know, and they tested me to see how honest I was, I think. For me, it was a test. And uh, I, I, uh, I think I passed it. Yeah, the reason why I got I got a little emotional when I read that because uh, this is my second tenure at Forbes, where in my when I started my career, I was leaving Forbes and I was going to Financial World magazine, which is now defunct, and the upshot was that Financial World made me an offer. I think it was uh, forty five thousand dollars a year. I think I was making thirty thirty or something like that at Forbes at the time. This is around nineteen eighty six eighty seven. And I'd, my father told me how to handle the negotiations. He said, you go to Forbes first. He said, and you tell them, you know, this, you ask them what they think of your work. He said, you ask them what, how much they're willing, if they are, to give you a raise. And then you go to financial world, 
which had showed interest in me. So I did that, and Forbes was going from like 30 to 35. I went to Financial World. They offered me 40. I went to Financial World. Right before I left, Forbes came back and said, we'll give you 45. My father said to me, if you take the money and go to Forbes, he said, you're a whore. He said, because that shows that all it was about was money, not about your integrity and getting what you thought you were worth. And he said, your word after that will be nothing. And, I, and it was uh, it's one of the best pieces of advice I ever got in my, in my, in my career. And I, and I thought of that with that, with, with that in, your, uh, in your book. Um, one of the things I felt when I read your book, too, was that uh, it was almost as though Co- Coach Wooden was... I don't know if this is the right way to put it, not so much recruiting your parents, but uh, based on the relationship he had with your parents, he was the only coach that went to your apartment in New York City. And even though you were leaning towards UCLA in your mind at the time, that conversation he had with your parents and how your parents felt about the coach uh, when they had sort of asked you to go into the other room where they talked to him uh, was so important. Could you please elaborate on that a little bit? Well, um, you know, the whole idea of me choosing my way to go to college, uh, my parents left that up to me. You know, I, I made a choice, but um, they kind of like wanted to check on it, you know, as parents do. And uh, it's probably something I, I would have wanted to do. But uh, I, I have to say that this for my parents, they, they never tried to steer me one way or another, they, but they did check on me. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Small businesses are the heart of our communities. They're the places we could not live without. Whether you're looking to create a website for your business or a personal blog, you'll make a big impact when you build your site on WordPress.com. Even if you don't have experience building a website, WordPress.com can guide you through the process. You'll get built-in social sharing. And if you're on WordPress.com, you'll immediately have a leg up on everyone else when it comes to search engine optimization. On WordPress.com, you get support 24-7. Come see why more websites run on WordPress than any other platform. Get started today with 15% off any new plan purchase. Go to WordPress.com slash Forbes to create your website and find the membership plan that's right for you. That's WordPress.com slash Forbes for 15% off your brand new website. WordPress.com slash Forbes. And, and I believe it was your, your mother at the time who said something to the effect that Coach Wooden is not going to take advantage of you. He's not uh, one of these guys. She, she wasn't going to have to worry about you with Coach Wooden. Right. You know, and, and my whole thing was I, I wanted to graduate from college. That, that was my goal. I did not want to just get there and get it some attention so I could sign a lucrative NBA contract. I wanted to get my degree because I, I felt that that would equip me for the rest of my life in ways that uh, I wanted to be equipped. And that's why I did that. And uh, I, I don't regret it. And, and Coach uh, Wooden saw that and respected that immediately. The first thing he talked to me about when I, I came out to L.A. On, on my recruiting trip was my grades. You know, I was like, Wait a minute! I, I came out here to go on a basketball scholarship, and you know, academics were important to me, and I, I appreciated the conversation and moved on. But I said, when I got home, I thought about. It. I said, "Yeah, this is 
This is going to be okay. Yeah. Um, one of the things that seems to really come through in the book, and you touch on it a couple, uh, few times, is the, the importance uh, that Coach Wooden said that you embraced was that it's the process, not the end result, uh, that's success. In other words, if you're trying your best, then you've succeeded whether or not you win the game or lose the game. Yes, uh, I think he, he wanted us to, to understand that um, if we put in the time to prepare to win and learn how to work together, that in itself was a, a triumph. You know, I got to go out and test it against other people and other teams, etc. you know, in basketball. But that's how you build a winner. And uh, he wanted us to take those lessons through life with us. And we didn't understand it at the time. Uh, but uh, as a parent, I, I realized at various times, hey, I'm doing what Coach Wooden did with me at practice every day. You know, he challenged us, and uh, we tried our way. And then after we failed, he'd show us how to do it the right way. And, you know, and it, it, was, it was just uh, it was amazing how over a period of time you realized the influence that he had on you that uh, you weren't aware of at the time. Kareem, was there a particular moment where you said, you know, something happened, you said, I've got it, I've now really understood everything Coach Wooden was talking about, or was it more of a continuous process over the years where different things came up at certain times and you made that connection? It was a continuous process. Um, what I went through with my high school coach, um, because we, we, we had an incident and it, it wasn't good for me, but we got over it. But uh, th there was still some lingering, uh, uh, not resentment, but uh, just it, it, it hadn't been settled. And, and Coach wouldn't enable me to settle that, you know, and enable me to, to, to talk to my high school coach and bury it and, uh, you know, get, get to the point. Because, you know, my, my high school coach was a great guy. He wasn't just a good guy. He was a great guy. He made a mistake and said the wrong thing at the wrong time. Uh, it happens to all of us. And, you know, Coach Wooden asked me a very simple question. Did, did you ever make a mistake? <laughs> very simple. And uh, I, I understood it all at that point. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. FreshBooks is a ridiculously easy-to-use cloud accounting software for small business owners that saves you time and gets you paid faster. Now used by over 10 million people worldwide. For your 30-day free trial, go to freshbooks.com slash Forbes and enter sports money in the how did you hear about us section. There's another thing, something similar to that, where you reached out for advice, where when you were an advisor with the Lakers, there was a young man right out of high school that you were trying to mentor. Yeah. Uh, and you talk about in the book and didn't seem like he was getting it, was able to embrace what you were saying, and you were trying to figure out whether he should play or not play. And in the book you say, Coach, you talked about it with Coach Wooden, and his response was, I believe, uh, would playing him protect him or not protect him or something like that? And you said he wouldn't be protected was your response, and that was kind of it. And I found that very interesting. What, what did Coach Wooden mean, do you think, by protecting? Well, you want to... Uh enable somebody to make progress. And if, you, if, you, if what you're doing doesn't facilitate that, then you're not, uh, you're not doing your job as a coach. You, know, you, want, you want to help people uh, learn the game and learn something about themselves, hopefully, in, in the process. You know, that, that's what sports does for us. So uh, 
that's what he was talking about. Uh, is he going to get the benefit from it, or is it just going to be uh, a, a, quick, a quick trip and nothing meaningful? He, and there were times, it seems like, he was, I mean, he wasn't somebody that you can go to and you were getting sympathy. It was like when you stopped playing and, you know, you were interviewing for head coaching jobs in different places, college pros, wasn't coming your way. Uh, nobody, up, you know, nobody, nobody said it had to be, it yeah. was going to be easy. And yeah. nobody is, was going to just be waiting. You know, you have to earn it. Do you think that Coach Wooden would be successful today? Uh, Coach Wooden couldn't coach uh, college basketball today because he wanted kids to go to school and get the benefit of an education if, if such a thing exists. He was for that. So, you know, guys come to college now, they want to be noticed by the professional leagues, and they keep going. Uh, these one-and-done guys are on campus less, uh, about six months maybe. <laughs> I, you know, I, I have a real tough time with that in the sense that I'm for what is entrepreneurships, it? I'm for free markets, I'm for, you know, people being able to maximize their dreams and all that. On the other hand, I sit back and I'm going, you know, geez, a lot of these kids, they play one year, they're gone. Uh, I look at some of, you know, I'm 57, so, you know, I grew up watching you, that whole era, how college basketball and pro sports was, you know. Uh, and I don't even know the right word to describe it. Uh, I don't want to say integrity, but, you know, now I'm sounding like my father. It's, it almost seems in a way that money and the big business of college sports uh, has changed things in, in some ways for the worse. And, I, yeah. and I'm just wondering how you feel about it. Yeah, the, the one and done thing really stinks. You know, because uh, the kids don't get the benefit of an education and um, the pros don't get the benefit of good players coming out of college. Now, there's nothing wrong with people uh, either going to college or going to, into professional basketball. But uh, if they make a commitment to college, they should stay for a little while. You know, and, and and get the benefit uh, to the individual. That said, uh, a very talented athlete can go there, and he he might be squandering uh, two or three years of, of making uh, ten, fifteen million dollars a year. You know, there are very few individuals like that, though. Very few. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Some people see money as a goal. Some see it as a pursuit. Others see it for the stuff it can buy. At Thrivent, we see it as a tool that can help you live a more fulfilling life. That's why we help millions of Christians be wise with money. With advice, insurance, banking, investments, and generosity. If you'd like to join us, visit Thrivent.com. Thrivent. Be wise with money. Today on Geffen Playhouse Unscripted, we are joined by actor, producer, director, author. What else can you do, Brian Cranston? I sweep floors. You do? And I load a dishwasher really, really well. Do you unload it? Not too many. Okay. <laughs> we could give you a job in our the house. The talent is loading it, not unloading. No, the talent is buying the dishes that fit together and not the dishes that I buy that don't fit in the dishwasher. Well, I could teach you how they can fit. Okay, Brian, right. thank you. That's Brian Cranston on Geffen Playhouse Unscripted. Be sure to listen on Podcast One or through the Podcast One app and Apple Podcasts. Upside, the smart new way to buy travel is Upside.com. You save money and get a free Amazon gift card every trip you buy. Use the code 
Forbes, and you're guaranteed at least a $200 gift card your first time using Upside. Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. What's your thought on there's been some talk the last couple of years about even paying college athletes? I think they should pay, pay college athletes. Not, not something that's going to make them wealthy, but something that will give them the ability to, to go to college in some kind of comfort, you know, like afford a car <laughs> right, or, or a nice apartment or something, just uh, something to s- supplement them while they make money for the college. I, I think that is a, a fair exchange. Uh, I think their uh, college athletes get ripped off uh, by the NC2A because uh, they're making hundreds of millions of dollars. And the people who are supplying all the talent and uh, taking all the risks are, are the athletes. That, that's not fair. Right. And, and, and to be honest about it, they are paying them now. They're just not paying them a lot, right? They're not paying them something close to a fair wage. They're saying you could have room and board, you could have some books or things in a scholarship. But, you know, my whole idea was to how about letting them be in charge of their marketing rights? You know, I, the first yeah. where all this uh, really started to grow, in my view, was the Fab Five in Michigan, you know. Remember, everyone was wearing the, the short shorts and the low socks and this and that. And all of a sudden, these guys, Michigan noticed, we have a money-making marketing machine here in these guys, Jalen mm-hmm. Rose and all that. They were selling merchandise. They're selling apparel. They were getting none of that. You know, at least if they were, didn't want to pay them, quote-unquote, a salary, at least let them get their licensing rights and marketing rights and be able to partake in the, the growth of the revenue that was coming in from that. That, that was sort of my feeling about it. Yeah, and, and college basketball is uh, so popular now and sells so many. They're selling socks and jerseys and and caps and <laughs> you name it. Billion-dollar TV rights and all that. Yeah, coaches are making millions. Uh, the people who run the NC2A make millions. And the athletes get zip. That, that, uh, th- that's not equitable. One of the things you, you touch on in your book is uh, you say grief is the true challenge of friendship. Um, what exactly do you mean by that? Um, I, I think you will find when you have something that uh, causes you grief, you'll find out who your friends are, you know, the people that are there for you, the people that help you cope. There was a lot of, uh, there was a, a turbulent time in this country, late 60s, socially speaking, uh, big push, look for social justice. It seems like going through in your book, although you don't explicitly say it, you and Coach Wooden uh, pulled apart a little bit at that time. Would, would that be accurate? Jeez, I don't know. I, I don't think we pulled apart. Uh, I think we were still testing the boundaries for uh, with each other and, mm. and finding that it was still... We were still in the discovery phase. And then, uh, you know, that ended. And I left Los Angeles, and Coach Wooden kept coaching, and I kept playing basketball, and we weren't close at that time. Uh, It just worked out where I returned to Los Angeles just as Coach was retiring. You know, he had more time, and uh, I was in town. So uh, we were able to maintain the relationship. But... It kept going. You know, he, he, he went through some serious turmoil, you know, when he lost his wife, his only real companion, you know, other than his children. And uh, he he relied on his, he calls us his boy, you know, he, the guys that played for him, you know, we his, as extended family, and we, we were there for him. And it was, it was neat that that was able to happen. 
Did you feel uh, before he passed that you had uh, that you were all good with each other, both of you on both sides, in terms of your relationship? And oh yeah, uh, we we never got to a point where we, we we had any rancor or anything that would cause any bitterness. Uh, that wasn't the case with everybody. You know, there were a few times where he, uh, you know, dropped the ball, and uh, you know, I, I point that out. One one good friend of mine uh, had to leave the team. And it, it, you know, it it wasn't pretty. Coach, coach didn't handle that very well. But uh, those were very few and far between. One thing I never knew until I read your book was that Coach Wooden hated being called the Wizard of Westwood. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't I did not know. <laughs> did he, did he ever tell you why? He he just the whole idea of wizardry. You know, he coach was very much. Uh, he read biblical stuff. He he wasn't into wizardry and you know magic kind of stuff. All the stuff that we see now, uh, you know, Game of Thrones. Well, maybe Coach might like Game of Thrones. I, I wonder. I wonder about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kareem, what would you say would be the one thing you went through in your personal life after you left UCLA that Coach Wooden helped you the most with? I would say uh, just my relationship with the sport. You know, because sometimes I, I, I would get frustrated and angry that I, I couldn't do the things in the sport that I wanted to do, you know, when I wanted to coach. But, um, you know, I, I had to accept uh, the unusual circumstances that I created and why people in those circumstances uh, don't get coaching jobs. And, you know, coach helped me see that and not, not be angry or bitter about it. You know, you, you just have to accept who you are and, and deal with the right thing. I prepared myself to write. I'm doing that now, you know, so uh, I am doing the right thing. Uh, my good friend Bob Dandridge, who, who played with me in Milwaukee, said, he, he, the last time I saw him, just a couple of months ago, he said, I'm glad you didn't get those coaching jobs because you were supposed to be writing. He was right. <laughs> um, do you think that you get enough, and, and some others that played during your period, get enough credit for how much more open the NBA is today to minorities. For example, you know, Michael Jordan is an owner. Uh, you have uh, African-American coaches, uh, GMs, and so forth. There was none of that uh, when, when you were available. The, no, the, the NBA led the way for inclusiveness and diversity uh, up and down uh, from, as you mentioned, ownership uh, to the coaching ranks, uh, Referees, there's women referees. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they. I played uh, in Milwaukee. Had the very my first year. I played for the team that had the very first black general manager. There are now several of them. Uh, so you know, I, I'm. I think the NBA has been really the leader of all professional sports franchises in being accessible for women and minorities and giving a. a people of color a, a chance at everything, including ownership. Uh, it, that's, that's really neat, you know, and I, I'm, I'm proud, of, uh, proud of my sport in that sense. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I found the best way for you to buy travel. It's Upside.com. Here's why I love them and why lots of people love them. At Upside, you save money on travel and you get a free Amazon gift card worth $100. $200, even $300 every time. Here's how they do it. Upside bundles your flights and hotel together for one low price. Bundling saves a ton of money, especially on business travel. So they give you an Amazon gift card. 
Your company saves money and you still keep all your miles. And right now, when you use the code Forbes, you're guaranteed a free $200 Amazon gift card your first time. The code Forbes gets you a guaranteed $200 Amazon gift card. Upside, save big on travel and get a big gift card every time. Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. Are there, is there anything with rules or in terms of how the game is played or things like that that, that you would like to see changed? No, I, I think they should uh, raise the age before guys could enter the league to 21. So that these guys won't think that they can just jump from high school and, you know, they have to learn a little bit more and get a work ethic so that they can come and, and make a successful trans, translation, tra, uh, rather transition to um, professional life. I think that would that would benefit them. It would benefit the NBA too. Uh, I, I think uh, everybody would would, uh, would profit from that. What would you say is your fondest or most important lesson that you took away from Coach Wooden? Uh, just the the absolute uh, essential necessity of preparation. Um, he would always say, uh, "Failing to prepare is preparing to fail." He stole that from Ben Franklin, but um, he meant that, and um, he, he lived it. He showed us how to prepare to win basketball games. And, um, he showed us how to prepare to win at life, you know, and uh, thank him for that. You mentioned uh, you, you, your writing now. Coach Wooden used to quote a lot of writing, literature, and poetry when, when, when he spoke to you guys. Um, do you think perhaps that's one of the reasons why you got into and really enjoying literature and, and writing and so forth for some things that came from Coach Wooden? Uh, well, he he certainly um, promoted it for me, but uh, I, I was going to be an English major before I met Coach Wooden. <laughs> I, I enjoyed writing um, ever since I was in grade school. It's something that uh, I enjoyed reading and writing. So, uh, yeah, that, I, that was my fate anyway. You know, I, I was going to be an English major, yeah. <laughs> if uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was graduating today, and getting ready for the NBA draft, given how much the NBA has changed from when you played in it, how would you prepare yourself? Well, you know, I, I'm fortunate to have learned the game in a way that uh, enabled me to be versatile. Uh, the versatile players are the ones, are the most valuable ones these days. So... Uh, my, ver- my versatility came in a, a lot of different areas. I, I was able to lead the league in a, a number of different statistical areas. Block shots is important. Rebounds, scoring is important. I led the league in all of those categories. Field goal percentage, because I took high percentage shots. So I, anybody that could be as successful as I was in all of those areas could still play this modern game. Uh, but uh, now you got guys going out the the center's going out there and shooting uh, three-pointers. Uh, three-point shot, that's changed the game, absolutely. And you, you don't have to remind me about your records because I watched you all the time and used to destroy my Knicks on a, on a fairly regular basis. But uh, thanks, for, thanks, for, thanks for reminding me of that. that was, I, I was a Knicks fan, too, when that, I was a kid. That, you know? Power Memorial from, in, in New York City. What, what about on the business side? I mean, seriously, going back then, I mean, you were in movies, you were doing a, a lot of different things that 
I think some players feel they, they kind of take for granted now when they come out. Uh, a big thing now also is taking small ownership pieces in, in other businesses, uh, whether it be, you know, like LeBron, he's got a piece of Liverpool, the English soccer team, Beats, headphones, all these other things. Um, do you think that that type of a situation is something that you could have really thrived in? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I, I had the example of Jim Brown in front of me. He was probably the first one who started the entrepreneurial thing for professional athletes. Uh, he tried acting. Uh, you know, it's a, it's something that uh, you should try. You know, if, if, you, have, if you have the talent, if, if you have the charisma, you should do it. So uh, I think that's something that uh, it's, it's there for athletes to take advantage of if, if, if they can handle it. And I think I just saw 100 Rifles. I think it was uh, Tim Brown. <laughs> it was on this weekend, actually. Ra- Raquel Welch. Uh, and Raquel Welch yeah. and Burt Reynolds. Not, not, bad, not a bad cast. Um, what would be the one thing you'd want people to take away from your book? Um, I, I would want them to understand that uh, Coach Wynn was, was a complex man. And um, he had his ups and downs, but he was consistent. And um, he really uh, lived his life. He, he walked it like he talked it. He, there was no uh, uh, diversion there. He he walked it like he talked it, and um, we benefited so much from his wisdom and his example. Aside from writing, uh, what are your other aspirations in near term? Geez, uh, just to continue to uh, enjoy life, you know. I have a granddaughter now, you know, we, this... Things expand, so my family's expanding. It's a wonderful thing to see, and I'm going to keep trying to do the things that I've been enjoying, writing and uh, sharing my opinions with people. Somebody that was going to pick a college right now to go into, uh, what advice would you give them about what they should consider in that, de- in that decision about which college to go to? Uh, I, I think they should start thinking about what they want to do with their life long term. And uh, just uh, try to understand that they need to figure out where they want to walk, you know, what path they want to walk. Are there any schools out there that you look at and you say, you know, this particular university or that particular university comes, given the times we now live in, they're doing it right or doing it the closest perhaps the way John Wooden would have done it? Geez, that that's hard. You know, the the one and done thing has has changed everything, and um, kids aren't kids aren't stupid. They they understand. <clears throat> excuse me. They understand that the uh, NC two A exploits them, and if they can avoid that and go and start making the money, um, they're going to do that. You know, you you see, you see it in so many you know young athletes coming out now. So uh, it, it it's changing, but. Uh, and education is still a valuable thing. So there is value in going to college, but uh, you know the professional ranks are there. Fortunately, the NBA has the developmental league, so there is a place for guys to go who, who can't go to college, who aren't academically qualified. But if you're academically qualified, you should go to college. I think it's, it's the best place to, to learn the game and uh, gain the experience you need to make a successful trans- transition to a professional life. Kareem, thanks so much for coming on the show. It was great spending time with you, Mike. Uh, We can do this again sometime. Uh, It was fun. I look forward to it. Thank you. All right. That's it for this episode of Forbes Sports Money. 
Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with a comment or question, please email us at sportsmoney at podcastone.com. That's O-N-E dot com. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there were over 1 million bubbles in a glass of champagne? Did someone say brunch? Leave the egg hunting to the kids. We'll have even more fun hunting for your brilliant brunch Riesling. Ham's sweet and salty richness pairs perfectly with sweeter wines with bold fruit. How about a juicy Pinot Noir? Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine & More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! At the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.